Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter three, Philippians chapter three. But if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, just raise your hand. You can keep the Bible. Seriously, even if you don't own a Bible, keep the Bible. Or you can borrow it. Just raise your hand real quick. They'd love to bring you one. You could also go to the Bible app. Great app. Totally free. And in there, if you go to the events tab, uh, all the notes and scriptures will be there available to you that you're able to look at as you're going through the message. If you're watching online, so glad you're here. Love you. Love that you guys are here as we're continuing in this series, even if. And last week, we we started in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, where, uh, where Paul was uh, talking about and warning the church about these group of Jews that were telling people they needed more than faith to receive salvation. And it caused us to talk about what are some things that we need to exchange in our lives? What are some things that we're holding on to that's keeping us from walking in the infinite value of knowing Jesus? And I talked about last week about how knowing him isn't knowing about him, but having an, a, an intimate relationship with him. And I love it. In verse 11 of Philippians chapter 3, he ends with saying, so one way or another, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. And I want to bring that up because I really think it goes into what we're going to read this morning. So if you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 21, I'm going to be reading now the New Living Translation, and it says this. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on, on it on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we already have made. Dear brothers and sisters, verse 17 says, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus lives. We are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak, mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he brings everything under his control. The title of my message this morning is, Even If I'm Not There Yet. Can we pray? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the promises you've given us and you've made for us. And Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just hear them, but we'd walk on them. The firm foundation you've given us. Lord, I pray that that would be our life, 
That would be our stance to be firm in you. So Lord, I pray you be with this word. I pray, Lord, that we'd be people who would not just listen to it, but we'd actually obey it and walk in it. So be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So how many of you, by show of hands, are going to be going on a road trip this summer? Okay, a couple of you guys. Awesome. I love road trips. And we did road trips a lot growing up when I was a kid. I, and I, I had to sit in the very, very back. But I was content. I loved it. I had my music. I had my comic books. I could enjoy the road. Even though we lived in Las Vegas, and when you drive into the desert, it's nothing. It's just the same thing over and over again. But I loved it. And when I got my driver's license in my car, I went on road trips. Eight, ten-hour road trips by myself with friends. I just love road trips. And honestly, I can do road trips by myself, especially Wisconsin. Oh, road trips here are the best. Like all of a sudden you're like, that, is that a farm? Like it's just out of nowhere. It's the best. And I can do road trips with my wife. Because like for some reason we're on road trips together. We talk about things we've never talked about. We, we like have memories and jokes and things and, and just things we didn't know about each other. But for some reason, when people get in that back row, and I'm not just talking about my kids. I'm talking about people in general. When they get in that back row, for some reason, something happens to them. Like they get transformed. I don't know what it is, but when they get in that back row, for some reason, their ear canals get a little tinier and they can't hear anything. And they want you constantly going, can you turn it up? Can you turn it up? Hey, can you turn it up? Hey, can you, can you turn it up? I'm like, I don't know if I can turn it up anymore. I don't know what happens in that back row, but for some reason, our bladders are transformed. <laughs> and we have to go to the bathroom all the time at un, like unnecessary times. Like we just left the store. What do you mean you have to go again? And I don't know if there's a time warp in the back. Like I don't know if time stands still, if it's just different, if they're seeing things in slow motion, but it never fails. At some point in the road trip, this phrase is gonna be said, and this phrase is, are we there yet? What? And it's interesting, because I think that's why Highway Patrol was invented. Because people were like so tired of hearing, are we there yet, that they just started speeding and just going so fast. They're like, we gotta get cops on that highway. They're driving crazy. And that phrase, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And if you hear it enough, you'll start to believe it. Like, why aren't we there yet? Like, I thought this trip was a little closer than I thought. I thought it was only a couple hours. And something that started off great and exciting can sometimes become a chore and something you wish you never did. And we see Paul address something very similar in our spiritual lives. We see in verse 11 that he, he wants to experience the resurrection of the dead. But we find out he's not there yet. And like Paul, a lot of us, we want peace that goes beyond understanding. We want to be healed by the stripes that were made on his back. We want to have blessings that are so big we don't have enough room to take it in. But for some reason, some of us aren't there yet. So what do you do when you're not there yet? Meaning, what do you do when we need to pursue God, but things aren't where we'd like them to be? If you're taking notes, I, I see three things in this 
this portion of scripture that Paul is encouraging believers to do even if we're not there yet. So if you're taking notes, even though I'm not there yet, number one is this, I'm gonna press on towards the goal. Meaning even if I'm not there yet, I still have a destination. I still have an end goal. I still have a location that I want to go to. And he says in verse 12, I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or have reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on, he says it again, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. So Paul is not saying he's perfect and he's not saying where he wants to be. But one thing he is saying is he's pressing on. And that phrase is so significant because it's the conduit to help us from where we are to the goal that God wants us to go on, to press on. And that word in the original language is the word dioko, and it means to make, to run, to flee, to put flight, to drive away. So there's so much action in that. There's so much drive in that, that he's saying, even though I'm not there yet, I'm going to press on. I'm going towards the goal. So there's two things I see in the scripture that I think will help us press on. Not just say we're pressing on, but actually press on. Here's the first thing. I think we need to use past passions for future purposes. He says, I press on to possess that perfection that Christ Jesus first possessed me. Here's what's interesting about that. As I'm studying like the verb press on, I find out that the same action and attitude that he uses towards press on, he uses in verse six where he says, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. So press on and zealous are very, they have similar approaches to it. They have similar drives, but they come from different times in his life. And I don't want you to think when I'm like saying, you know, we need to go to past passions that I'm saying like, you know, we need to go back to our passions for the world for the sake of Jesus. Like I'm not saying let's get drunk for Jesus. Like I'm not saying that. I'm not giving permission. I know some of you guys are like, I'm gonna party tonight. I wasn't saying that. But here's the thing. There are passions and excitements and drives that we had in this world that God gave you for a reason. Like there's passions and excitements and things. I mean, we would work for the weekend. We get excited for five o'clock to the point that Jimmy Buffett was like, it's five o'clock somewhere. Let's just party now. Like there's a drive and excitement that God's saying, I don't want to, to die down. I want it to come alive for my glory. Like, I want that to be coming in you and through you. And I wonder what would happen if we came with the same excitement and expectancy for church like we did a concert, like we did a game, a family reunion, a party. I remember, what if we came into prayer with the same excitement and expectancy? Because, man, when we were excited for things, we'd be like, it's going to be fun tonight. I mean, you had faith in that. Like, it's going to be fun tonight. I have no doubt about it. What if we went into prayer and worship like that? I mean, what would happen if we used past passions for future purposes? Here's the other thing I think when it helps us pressing on is be content with being continual. Now, I know some of you guys are like, wait a minute. 
I was here last week. You told me to exchange my content for continual. I did. But you have to understand, as scripture says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Being content means I, am, I have no other option. Continual is my only option. So even though I can't see it, I'm still looking forward. My direction is still in the right place. I'm not looking to the sides. I'm not looking behind. I'm forgetting the past. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. It's ahead of me. It's not in front of me. It's not right here, but it's over there. And so I'm going to fix my eyes. I'm content on being continual, continually pressing on. Colossians chapter two says it. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. So here we see continual brings growth. It brings foundation. It brings strength. It brings an overflow of thanksgiving. So we need to be content and being continual, meaning I need to position myself on what lies ahead. Amen? Here's number two. When we're not there yet, we need to record the progress. Verse 15 says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will make it point plain. But you must hold on to the progress that we've already made. There's relief in mile markers, right? Like even to the point when, when the backseat's like, are we there yet, are we there yet? And then you're starting to believe, are we there yet? There's some relief when you find out you're almost there. Like when it says Green Bay's 55 miles away, you go, okay, cool. Whew. Or the GPS says you're gonna get here at this time, which by the way, I don't know if this is just guys, this is me for sure. But when the GPS says it's gonna be there at 1030, you're like, I'm gonna see if we can get there at 1027. And there's some power and relief in that. Right when that 10.30 becomes 10.29, you're like, woo, yes! But you can't, you gotta go speed limit, but you're just hoping, you know, if, I just, if I just go the flow of traffic, you know. And, but there's relief in those mile markers. There's relief in the progress that you're making. So things that we need to focus on in, fro- in progress is this. And this is huge. I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm also not where I used to be. That's, that's not, like, we got to walk and remember that. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. There's a couple years ago, Shelby and I went back to Las Vegas, see family, and I actually went to this, my old school that I, I went to school at, and I got to meet the vice principal. And all of a sudden, my old bus driver pops, like, comes up to me, and he goes, hey, what, what you doing with your life? And I told him I was in full-time ministry, and I was doing youth ministry and children's ministry at the time. And he goes, really? And I go, uh-huh. And I'm just talking. And he goes, man, I remember we used to be a bad kid. And I go, uh-huh, I did. He goes, man, remember that time you got suspended, and then you came back to school and got suspended again? I said, yeah, I remember that. He goes, man, you were bad. You were a bad kid. And I didn't get offended by that, because that's where I used to be. That's not where I am now. And, and I'm telling you some, of you, some people are gonna tell you what you used to do, and it's like, yeah, thank God I'm not there anymore. Like, if, if you have any reason to praise, you can praise about the progress that, yes, I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm not there anymore. I'm not in that direction anymore. Second Corinthians reminds us of that. So all of us who have had the veil removed 
can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we change into his glorious image. See, we are constantly changing. Transformation is not just a one shot, but it's continual. And we just have to position ourselves to be more and more like him and remind ourselves, I'm not where I am, but I'm also not where I used to be. God's moving in me and he's con- continue to move in me. Here's the other thing we need to focus on in progress is we need to know that there's power in progress. Galatians chapter six says, for neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. See, he's been having to address this for many churches. He's saying, don't add anything to your faith. And as many of us shall walk by this rule, peace be upon them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Now, I like this because it showed me that as as we walk in him, we're going to get peace and we're going to get mercy. It says upon them. That means we're going to receive it. But then I had to go, wait, what's the Israel of God mean? What's interesting is God is the God of Israel. And we see in his book that God gave a lot of promises to the Israelites. So what he's saying in this is when we walk in him, when we, when we walk in the progress, we get power and we get power that, of, of peace. We get the power of mercy and we get the power of his promises. Amen. I mean, if you don't believe it, that's why you got to be in this book. That's why this can't just be something you hold on to, but you can look in the promises and go, yes, I get to walk in that promise. When you're needing peace, God's saying, I've already put it upon you. When you're needing mercy, when you feel like giving up, God says, no, no, I'm going to put that mercy on you and it's going to be powerful and it's going to help you to progress. Here's number three. Even if I'm not there yet, I'm going to pursue the right patterns. Verse 17 says, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there's so many of those whose conduct shows they're not really, they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite, and they brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. All right, I need to, I need to bring up something real quick. It's gonna, it's gonna ruffle some feathers. Don't leave. I still got 13 minutes. Okay, don't get offended. Hear me out. But there's times when you are traveling that it's okay to stop and ask for directions. (laughs) Don't laugh. (laughs) But that's the truth though. And I know for some of us dudes, you're like, what? We got GPS now. Yeah, sometimes GPS will send us into a river on accident. (laughs) But here's the reality of that. There are going to be roads that we go down that are foreign to us, but common to others. And we could go, I don't know where I'm going, but you can pull over and a guy goes, oh, this is, oh, you're talking about this street. You're just going to make a left here and then a right and a left, 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 right. Left, and then you're there. And you're like, what? Can you say that like slower? Like it's so, in, they didn't say street names. They said nothing. Just go here. You're going to go, boop, and then you're going to go, boop, boop, and then you're there. And it's like, huh? It's, com- it's common for them. What's foreign to us is common to others. And it's the same thing in our spiritual lives. We're walking in areas that are so foreign to us. 
And God's saying, you need to follow some people that it's not foreign to them. It's common. Oh, it's easy. It's, they have the cheat code. They don't need a map. They don't need GPS. They've been where you are. So two things to remember when you're following examples is you have to ask yourself, who are you pursuing? See, Paul says it with tears in my eyes, meaning don't follow people who are living for this world. Follow those whose examples are like mine. Who's, follow my example. Follow what I'm doing. He's saying you need to find people who are going on the same road as you are. In fact, he says you need to find people who are down the road a little further than you. Who want to help you go, it's, I know what you're thinking. I thought the same thing. Keep going. I know you're going to want to give. No, you guys can clap about that. Keep going going. Like there's no, there's no shame in that. Because here's the thing. Some of us as believers have done the same thing over and over again. We keep doing those spiritual U-turns. Got to turn around again. I thought he was right. You just heard a voice like I've said out loud to my wife. Like, I thought he was right. But we'll make these U-turns. And we'll do it again and again until finally you, you have someone go, maybe we should stop and ask. And then people go, why do you keep going right? I thought it was right. No, 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 it's left. It's gotta go, you, just got, you just gotta go the other way. And they're gonna help and guide you because they've been where you're at. Yeah, I did a couple U-turns too. Yeah, I kept falling in that sin also. And I thought all I had to do was pray hard enough, confess hard enough, and it's gonna be gone. But it actually took a little more than that. It actually took some accountability. It actually took being real and honest. It actually took finding to the root of that sin. And that helped me not go down that path anymore. See, you need to have some people who've been delivered some, some things. Because here's why we can't be going for people of the world. They're going to tell you the opposite of what God wants. Why are you worrying about that? It's nothing. You should see what I do on the weekends. And then they go, you're right. It's not that bad. And then you start to sway off the road a little bit. And if you sway enough, those little bumps in the road, you'll ignore them and you'll be off path. So who are you pursuing? Who are you pursuing that's going to help you continue down the road? And the next thing is this, what patterns do they reflect? Do they reflect the right patterns? Because some of us go, okay, I'm going to find a person who, man, they talk the Jesus talk. They go, you know, blessed and highly favored. Praise God. And words are one thing. Actions are another thing. And I don't want you to think actions meaning that I want you to find someone who has a perfect life because that's impossible. You're not going to find anyone who has a perfect life. But you need to find people who've gone through some stuff and they're still going. You need to have some people who are like, yeah, I wanted to end my life, but God. I wanted to call it quits, but God. I was going to give up on my marriage, but God. I was, going to, I was going to stop praying for those kids, but God. And those are the people we need to pursue. And I know you're going, but Pastor Dallas, I don't even know where to find those people. Is there a website for that? Yeah, lifechurchgreenbay.com. 9 and 10.45, look around. I mean, seriously. That's why I want you to do more than just show up. 
Like, I don't want you to just check it. We don't have like the little time checks at the back where you're like, checking in, checking out. I need a supervisor to sign my card. No, we want you to come and, and, and worship and hear a message that will impact you. But we also want you to find people who go, is he right? Is this real? Can you help? I mean, that's why we always say we want you to be a part of what we're doing here. Don't look at serving as a, as a job to get done, but look at serving as an opportunity to connect with other believers. And I thank God that every single week on Mondays and Tuesdays, we have a Bible study here at the church. Mondays for women, Tuesdays for men. That you can come every single week and no one's gonna be like, who's he? What are you doing here? That's not gonna happen. And if it happens, tell me. Because I'll, I'll tell them to knock it off. I don't know why I'm getting so loud right now. Because I'm off script. I don't get off script. <laughs> but that's the reality. We need to be in community with people who are going to help us from where we are to where God wants us to be. God's not up in heaven clapping going, I'm so proud of you trying to do this Jesus journey on your own. I mean, you struggled 95% of the time, but that 5%, he's not, no, he's going, what are you doing? You're sitting right next to them. Just say hi. Just ask what they do for a living. Let me take care of the rest. <laughs> but that's the truth though. God wants us to pursue people and say, I want to do life with other people who love Jesus, who are going the same path as me, who understand struggles, who understand shortcomings, who know I'm not perfect, but thank God that he's in my life despite all those things. Don't try to do this Christian journey on your own. Welcome people into your lives. I want to close with this. Verse 20, he says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. And he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies on his own. My wife amen that the other day. I thought it was really cute. Like, ooh, amen. Uh, using the same power for which he will bring everything under his control. I've said this before, but if you're new, I'm a huge fan of the UFC. I don't get sponsored by the UFC, uh, but I do love them a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of people fighting and hugging afterwards. It's always awkward, but it's very cool. Uh, and um, I, there was a fight that happened last year that still is on my mind. And it was a fight between Kamara Usman and Leon Edwards. Now at the time, Kamara Usman was a six-time champion. Like he had the belt for like 1,200 days. And it just seemed like, it did, like there was talks of like, just retire. Like no one's gonna beat you. And then Leon Edwards came in, you're like, man, I want you to win Leon, you know, but I don't know. And then you're watching the fight and like the first four rounds, it's definitely going Kamara's way. And as you're going into the fifth round, the fifth and final round, you see Leon, he's starting to go, but Kamaro, he's, he's doing a good job of defending it. And it's pretty much over. It's gonna go to decision. Kamaro's gonna win the belt again. And I get to this point where I actually start getting ready to leave. I was at my friend's house. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home early. I don't wanna see the ending. And with 56 seconds left, Leon Edwards kicks Kamaro Usman in the head, knocks him out, shocks the world. And I scream so loud that I freaked people out. 
They're like, I didn't know you screamed like that. Like they, it, it, I was losing my mind. And as we're celebrating and they're watching it over and over and over again, like they keep putting the replay on and we're just doing this. And as I'm celebrating, I stopped and told myself, I almost went home. I almost missed out on this. I almost missed out on a kick that shocked the world. Like I almost missed out on a really cool opportunity to an ending to a fight that he has now defended and he is currently the new champ. And I'm here to tell you that some of you are 56 seconds away from a victory. That some of you are 56 seconds away from your marriage being restored. You're 56 seconds away from your kids coming back to Jesus. You're 56 seconds away from that addiction no longer burdening you anymore. And I'm here to say that because I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to turn around. I want you to keep pressing on towards the goal. It says it right here. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Either, either way, we win. Whether he gives us victory now or later, victory is down the road. Victory is down the road. And I know we can't see it for some of us. For some of us, there's nothing down the road. And you're like, I, I have a hard time believing that because all I see is the same thing over and over again. And it just seems like I'm going nowhere. But you keep saying victory's down the road, yes. So don't lose it because you're 56 seconds away from walking in your victory. So what do you do in the meantime? I mean, how do I, I mean, yes, it's all nice and cute, Pastor, but how do I really walk in that? I want you to start walking in one of my favorite scriptures. Proverbs chapter three, verse five and six. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, AKA I'm gonna turn around. In all your ways acknowledge him, meaning look forward and he will make your path straight. Our road may be long. It might look blurry at some angles, but when we trust in him, it's straight. Can we pray? So here's the reality. Salvation is so crucial to walk in all the promises that I talked about in his word. Because it's one thing to hear, but it's another thing to experience it. And what salvation is, is salvation is not just knowing about Jesus, but believing that Jesus came, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, died, but also defeated death. And he didn't do that for awe and shock, but he did that so that we could be in right standing with God. And all we have to do is accept that gift of grace by making him our Lord and Savior. So with everyone head bowed and eyes closed, if you're in here this morning, you're saying, you know what? I've never done that. I've never actually come to a point where I went beyond believing and I positioned myself to accept him as my Lord and Savior. Lord meaning I'm giving him control of my life, of my worries, of my path, of my everything. And Savior meaning I'm not holding on to sin and shame and guilt anymore. I'm walking in freedom because he's forgiven all sins past, present, and future. So if that's you, we're gonna do one of two things. I'm just gonna have you raise your hand and look at me. And as a church, we're gonna just say a prayer together.
prayer I've said a couple times, but I believe if we say with our heart and we really mean it, we can walk in the freedom and the new creation of salvation. So if that's you with no one looking around, you say, I wanna go beyond just believing. I want a relationship with him. I want him to come in and do what he needs to do in my life. I want him to forever transform me. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand and look at me real quick? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We're doing it, you're just, you're boldly proclaiming, I want a relationship with him. I don't wanna do life my way anymore, thank you. I wanna do it his way. I want him to be the center of all things. Awesome, thank you. Church, let's say this prayer together. Even if you didn't raise your hand, if you mean this from your heart, you're welcoming the savior of the world who is the son of God who wants to equip you with the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Can you say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life, all of my life, to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you met that for the first time, we, that's not just a one-stop shop. We wanna help you continue on your, your growth of your relationship with Jesus. And we want to. And Pastor Sonny's gonna talk about that a little bit. We just wanna get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. But can I pray with you guys one more time? God, have you just bow your heads one more time? And maybe you're in here and you're saying, I'm a Jesus person. But man, I've already put my jacket on. I've already put my stuff away. And I'm ready to leave but I need the strength and the help to continue going down the path even though I'm not there yet. I'm nervous, I'm scared, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm starting to lose belief. But I need you to pray for me because I wanna keep going down this road that God has for you. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hand real quick? Awesome, so many hands. Jesus, right now, Lord, we lift our hands up to you and surrender saying, God, this is my life, take it. Do what you need to do. Give me the strength to press on. Remind me of the progress I've made and I pray, Jesus, that this would be the day that I pursue those who are pursuing you, who are patterning their lives after you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that we be people who no longer live the same way over and over again. But Lord, we would press on even though we're not there and that you would show us the promises you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew On That. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.